0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message.
1: Amen. The few of us that are here say amen. I want you to get your Bibles out. First of all, don't you like the stage, guys? Isn't it awesome? It brings life to it. I want to thank uh, Enrique, Joanne, and Tito, and Eliel, and everybody who helped put that on. It's not finished yet. Uh, I don't know. if We should say the surprise. We'll just wait till next week. Wait till next week, and you'll see some, uh, some things. Hey, guys, I want you to turn to your Bibles to John chapter um, ten. We're gonna pray. How many have your Bibles with you? Come on. How many old-fashioned people have your Bibles? Thank God for you guys. I want you to get plugged in this year in our many departments, but I also want you to be. I want to be a church that respects the Word of God that values the Word of God, that hungers for the Word of God with signs and wonders. And I want to pause and say thank you to all who who gave so graciously this past year. Uh, we were in the black, hallelujah, when we went to our board. Uh, we were in the black, and, and we're going to continue to be in the black financially. And uh, I want to also thank those who gave sacrificially to families, and you know who you are. It is uh, an incredible honor to see um, we 'll share more, but the the, the the testimonies that came to us about just the recent gifts for some of our family members that that needed gifts just blew us away of how good God is, which leads me to my message this morning. my message this morning i 'm going to pray and then i'm i 'm going to tell you but then i 'm going to pray is is simple, but theologically it 's become such a cliche um, and I, be, I felt like, Lord, what am I going to bring in the first day of January when, you know, <laughs> I'm going to just be transparent. I study for hours, and some of them are not going to be there. What am I going to share? Lord? You know, I'm going to say this, like, you know. But I just really felt as, as I was preparing for the last two weeks, and I'm going to be transparent. Um, this is probably going to shock you, but it's a, it's a bit hard message for me to preach um, and dive into. Because it's not only changing me, but uh, it has challenged me because of my condition. And I'm going to speak on, I feel, the first day of January 2023. Simple, but theologically, I'm going to give you some meat on the goodness of God. The goodness of God not being a cliche or a song, but diving deep into the very fabric of who he is. And I want to dive into the Bible, simply this message is called The Goodness of God. And I want to just preface this by saying God has wrath, He has grief, but He is not wrath and He is not grief, He is good. It's not something that He does, it's something that He is. He feels wrath from, from time to time and He feels grief from time to time, but He doesn't feel good from time to time because He is good. And if we see this from a theological standpoint, listen to me very carefully before we pray. I already feel the Holy Spirit on me. How we view the goodness of God will drastically affect how you approach God. Because the, the, the goodness of God has never been in question. The belief of the goodness of God has never been a controversy. It's our definition of the goodness of God. That has been the controversy controversy because we subliminally um, question the goodness of God because of the things that we're going through. Can we still say emphatically, not just as a cliche, God's good all the time, all the time, God's good. Can Can we look at the scriptures when we're silent and the devil is screaming God is not good? And he's like, he's left you and he's abandoned you. Look at you, you are in pain. What is wrong? Why don't you just admit that God is not good? Can you theologically say, I don't just think he's good because I have to say he's good. I know he's good because it's not what he gives and it's not what he does or doesn't do. It's woven in the fabric of who he is from all eternity. Because when God made creation and I'm getting way ahead of myself, When he made creation, he made the stars and the sun, and he made uh, human beings, and he made the animals and the sea. And the the last day, the Bible says, he looked back at all his creation and said, it was very good. Not just good, it was very good. He could have put any adjective to describe it, but he put good. You know why? Because beaming out of him in every area is the goodness of God. Father, give us a revelation today of your goodness. This will transform. Lord, I know it. This will transform our lives, the way we approach you, the way we are staying on course. Even when you don't give us things that we've been praying for for years, we know that you cannot be anything but good. So we love you and we celebrate your goodness and we thank you. For revelation in Jesus' name. And everyone said, that, amen. The love of God, the nature of God, the character of God are all completely good. And and he can't be anything else. Even in his judgments, God is good. (laughs) Listen to me. I want to say this really deeply. God still judges. Thank God we're not one of those churches that, oh, no, no, no. God releases judgment on the earth. Even in his judgment, it's fueled by his goodness. Listen, listen. Does he have wrath? Yes. But in his goodness, how many of you, now I'm going to share a little uh, something that may, it's just an example, okay? Let's say uh, somebody does something violently wrong to one of your daughters or one of your sons or one of your family members. I won't get graphic, but let's just say a criminal comes in and does something very bad. To one of your kids, and you take them into the court. The court system comes and judges that criminal that either raped your daughter, stole everything from you, burned your house down, and that judge looks at them, and that person said, Sir, I had a mental breakdown. Forgive me, I don't know what happened. And the judge says, Yes, I understand, we're all human. You had a mental breakdown but you are sentenced to jail for the rest of your life. That is a good judge because a judge would not be good if he just allowed everything to happen without any consequence. So even in his judgments, it's fueled by his justice, his righteousness, because he is good. Now, if we don't get this... I am not talking about you having to quote something because it's been taught from you uh, years ago. I'm not talking about a song or a cliche. I'm talking about do you really know that all throughout the Bible there's more mention about his goodness and and, and love than almost anything else. From the very beginning, he talks about his goodness. You talked about the cross. Sending his son to the cross was fueled by his goodness and his love. Say amen. So in order to display the Lord's nature, we have to know His nature and attributes. Many people have um, misrepresented the Lord. And and here, I'm going to give you a clue. This is a prophetic, okay? There's a mighty harvest of souls coming into the kingdom. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this now. And it's not going to come by good preaching, by good music. It's not going to come by the guy standing in the corner shouting at everyone that they're going to go to hell. It's going to come by the revelation of the goodness of God for people that were sinners. Listen, while we were yet sinners, God died for the ungodly. The goodness of God being revealed to a person will cause them to turn to the Lord. It's the goodness of God, not just, listen, not just the wrath of God. And I'm not not doing away with all that. I'm not doing away with the judgment of God. I'm not doing away uh, uh, with the fear of the Lord. As a matter of fact, if you know the goodness of God, you will know the fear of the Lord. But the misrepresentation is this. The belief is not in question. is our definition. We could twist the goodness of God into a false grace message. We could twist the goodness of God into a lackadaisical thing, that, that uh, lifestyle that opens doors for the enemy. But one thing we can never do is exaggerate his goodness. Go oh, glory to God. We could twist his goodness. We can misuse his goodness. But we can never exaggerate his goodness. And I'm going to show you today through Scripture that those of you who've been praying for something like me, the thing that has changed me is when I realized I, I I saw a Scripture that I quote almost all the time, and for the first time in my life I saw it differently. But I I, I want to start with a Scripture that that um uh, that is uh, important. John chapter 10. This is not the one, but I want to. This is a foundation. John chapter 10 verse 9. This is very famous, but I want you to look very clearly because I'm going to bust a little bit of um. What is it? Not bubble, but um, some thoughts that we have had for a long time. And I want to just bring a little clarity to it. John chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Now watch this. The thief. Everybody say the thief. Does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We all know this. But I have come. Now, listen to the drastic opposite. I have come that I may give you life and that I may give it to you more abundantly. Look at how he describes himself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd. He didn't say the powerful shepherd. He didn't say the perfect shepherd. He could have said all that. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I want my people to know first and foremost that their image of me has to be changed in order to receive from me. Their image of me has to be changed in order for me. And it's like God is not out there with a whip in his hand. He's not looking at you with this mean eyes because you failed a million times. What is it about God that we don't understand? I am the good shepherd, gives life for his sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. That's a little foreshadow of the description of his goodness, that he doesn't leave you when in times of trouble. Part of the fact that he is good, or the definition, is not a feeling. It's the fact that whether you see him or not, he's not leaving you. The wolf, the, the false one, he leaves when he sees the wolf. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling. In other words, he does it for the wrong purpose. He's in it for the wrong pers- purpose. And does not care about the sheep. And now he ends it again. I am the good shepherd, and, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Come on, say amen. Look at this first point. The discovery of the nature of the Lord's goodness will radically transform the way we see and interact with God. This is a simple message today, but it's something that's been wrecking me for the last couple of weeks. Do you still think I'm good, son? Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Can you just do it more than a quote? Do you believe it with every fiber of your being? Let me give you a little example. If you don't, You'll be easily prone to backsliding. You know why I haven't backslide? Because of the revelation that God is still good. He's still good. Put that slide up one more time so they can see. The discovery of the nature of the Lord's goodness will radically transform the way we interact with God. The goodness of God. I believe is the motivation for humanity. Everything that he does towards humanity is fueled by his goodness, even when we don't understand it, and even when we feel left out. Do you know that sometimes God uh, withholds some things f- from you that you ask for your own good? Some, of, some of you, the goodness of God is not answering your prayers. Sometimes the goodness of God, Lord, I want that one to be my wife. I want I, this one. This is the one, and God's like. Uh, I, you have no idea what's going to happen if you go that route. I'm not saying that's all the case, but sometimes the, his goodness is revealed by him not answering a selfish need that you have. Lord, I want more money. You, don't, you can't handle more money. Look at your apartment. Look at your house. You, need to, you can't handle more money. Yes, I do. I'm going to share with you some things. The motivation of God to humanity is always good. Please hear that because some of you I feel in the Lord, you love God, but I'm going to be honest with you. You have limited your pursuit with God because in some areas you are disappointed with him. And if you can never receive from someone, here's a little clue, it's not in my notes. (laughs) You can never receive from someone that you're secretly offended by. You can never receive from me if you're secretly offended by me. You can smile in front of you right now, but if you don't like my ways and you don't like the direction I'm going and you just don't like the things that I said to you, you will show up and receive nothing from me. Because the whole time you're thinking, I think it's my time. I think it's my time to leave. I'm not getting fed anymore. It's the same thing with the Lord. If there's secret offense with the Lord, that means some area of your life you're convinced, please hear me now, that he may not be good. In the very beginning, the angel, the goodness of God was revealed before the Lord came. Because we just followed Christmas, right? The shepherds were coming, and the, the Bible says that the, the, the angel of the Lord appeared to shepherds, shepherds, right? And the angel of the Lord says, Don't be afraid, <laughs> right? He says, I come to give you good news, good tidings. Today in the city of David will be born to you a savior called Jesus, and he will bring good news, because he is good. Do you know that times when in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when an angel showed up or a prophet showed up, it sometimes wasn't good news. It was sometimes, I'm about to destroy, angel, uh, get law, and the angel said, let's go, because Sodom and Gomorrah is going to get burned down. The angel of the Lord shared that. So it's the hum- it's from the very beginning that Jesus did that. Now, Jesus gave us all that we really need to know. I'm going to skip some things because I want to share this going to I'm going to say something that I want you to hear my heart with, okay? This is something that I've studied for a long time and I've gone through for a long time. The reason why I believe people tolerate the works of the devil, now hear me now closely. The reason we tolerate the works of the devil is because when the works of the devil come, we wrap it around, well, God is going to turn that for good. Hear me now. Hear hear me now. Now, it's, it's good for our emotions. It's good for our hope to cling to that, but if we only believe that all the time, we fail, we, 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 uh, we disembark, or we, we uh, fail to have discernment of the works of the devil and the works of God. Let's not attribute something that is bad and, and call it good all in the name of God's going to work it out for good. Here's the thing, and here's, here's, here's the reason why people get offended with the goodness of God. Because whether we know it or not, our theology is based on a puppeteer God instead of a sovereign God that lets us have choices and consequences. And wait, wait, wait. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come to give life and life more abundantly. Here's the the thought that I I told people before that I would never say this in public, but I'm going to say it, right? The term God is in control. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. He is in control. But the way we view God in control is that he's this big puppeteer and he's going, this one will be safe from a car crash, that one won't. This one is not going to ha- do drugs and that one don't. Like we, we, as the body of Christ, we get mad at God because he sa- we say, why didn't he stop that from happening? Because we view him as, well, God is in control. If God is in control, watch this. If God is in control, why did he allow my grandmother to die? If God is in control, why did that person die in an accident? See, with that kind of theology and thinking, it's a big puppeteer. Even though we don't think it, it's a puppeteer type of God that only saves a few people and controls other people. No, 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 no. Here's the thing that I want to say. The Bible says the thief comes. Here's, here's, here's. I'm just going to say this. Sometimes we will suffer casualties in this life, and it's not because it's a good thing. Let's stop wrapping rap- some things that the enemy put in our life as good. I've been learning to unlearn some things. Well, God's going to work it out for good. No, if you have cancer, that's from the devil. And we're going to, that is not good. Oh, God's going to work it out for good. Listen, we fail to discern then what's from the devil and what's from God. Can I have some chairs? Can I have just some, some chairs over there? This is, this is on, the, on, the, on the fly, okay? Now watch this. Watch this. If we have a puppeteer type of uh, a mentality, that means God is a control. If God is in control, then we would think he's a mean God because he blessed that person and didn't bless her. He is not. He doesn't control you. <laughs> he, he, so, so he's the God of the universe, but our, our life and our consequences happen. But that doesn't change his goodness. Watch this. The the Lord showed us how to defeat the enemy, okay? I'm going going all over the place here, okay? All right, Now, now look at this. The Lord being good is not a skill that he mastered. So the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he comes to do. What Christians do is like, oh, well, God's going to put that out for good. No, that's, that, that is a work from the enemy that you don't have to tolerate any longer in your life. You don't have to tolerate the word, oh, well, it's good. No, no, no. How does the Lord defeat evil? By his goodness. The Lord, listen, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Stop blaming God for something that the devil did. The devil is the one that is releasing darkness. But we're like, well, why did my grandmother die? And why this is the enemy, and sometimes there's casualties in war. But that doesn't change who God is. For this reason, for this purpose, the Son of God has manifested. Watch this. That he might destroy the works of the devil. How do he destroy it? By undoing everything that the devil did, and he said, I'm gonna steal, can destroy, but I'm gonna give you life. And life more abundantly. He destroys evil with good. Now watch this. Now watch this. I'm going to show you this. The Lord destroys the works of the enemy by his goodness. Are you ready for the scriptures? Look at this. Romans 12. You can put that back. Thank you, guys. Romans 12, 20. How does, how does the enemy, how, what does the enemy do? Come on, tell me. Steal, kill. What does God do? What does the Lord do? Give us the exact opposite. But how do you and I destroy the power of evil? Oh, you're going to look at this. Look at this theologically. Remember, the nature of God is good. That means from his very being is good. He is good like he is love. He is not wrath, but he has wrath. He is good. Look at Romans 12. Watch this. Watch this. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will reap coals of fire on his head. Watch this. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, my God. You destroy and discombobulate the works of the enemy by the nature of his goodness. And I'm going to share with you that even God's goodness, I'm getting ahead of myself. Don't put the slide up yet, but I'm going to say it now. Well, there's something about God's goodness when it's revealed to us in the revelation that causes us to naturally want to repent. Look at, the, look at what Jesus said in, in the book, in the Gospels. Look at this. You have heard. Oh, I love this. When I, do my, I, I, have, I haven't done Sermon on the Mount since I got here. I'm going to do uh, the whole Sermon on the Mount very soon. That used to be one of my classic PG messages. Matthew 5, verse 43, look at this. In the the famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, You have heard it was said. Now listen to this. This is going to shake some of you guys. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, okay, let's say this together. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Wait a minute. Here's the third ingredient. Do good to those who hate you. Fourthly, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of the fa- your Father in heaven. For he makes his rain, son rise on the evil and on the good and sends his rain of refreshing on the just and the unjust. So it's, watch this. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sidetrack, but I'm going to give you a little revelation that I've learned years ago. All right? And I'm not going to share it uh, right now because I shared it a couple years ago here in this church. There are some doors that only require one key to open. Listen to me. There's one door right now. There's that door right there that's locked. It requires one key to open, right? But that door right there that you can't see requires a couple of, of combination. It's not just one. It's a combination of things. If you want to have r- pure reconciliation with others and with God, don't just forgive them. Uh-oh, hear me now. 2023, 2023 not, is not enough to some to just forgive someone that you have ought with. There are sometimes that total reconciliation requires a combination code. It requires loving them, forgiving them, watch this, and doing good to them and praying for them. <laughs> combination code. Sometimes it's just forgiveness. But sometimes it's forgiveness, love, pray, and do good. The Lord challenged me years ago when I was hurt by someone. He said, forgive them. And I started forgiving them. Then he said to me, he said, pray for them. And then I struggled and I started praying for them. Do you know what the Lord said? How dare him say that to me? <laughs> it's a joke. He said, "I want you to do good to them." I go, "No, no, 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 no." That's the part that got me. I go, "No, no, no I pray with them. I pray under. No, they don't have to know. I'm just praying. Lord, bless them. You know, I'm offended by them, but Lord, I don't like that how I'm feeling." But then he said, "Do good. Do good. Acts of goodness to them. Why? Because when you act like me, you will start changing their heart. You will start seeing their heart change." Have you ever been mad at somebody, right, and then all of a sudden that other person that, that you're mad at starts being real kind to you and starts being real good to you? What does that do to your heart? It makes you want to repent. It, make, it makes you want to be like, I don't deserve All right, fine. I'm, I'm wrong too. When you experience somebody else's goodness when you're mad at them, it will soften your heart. How much more when we experience go- the goodness of God? What does that do to our heart? Now, what I want to demystify is that God's goodness has nothing to do by what he gives you or doesn't give you. It's time that we reexamine our things. Now, watch this. Look at this. Our measure of revelation. Listen, are you getting something? Look at this, this point. Our measure of revelation of the goodness of God will affect how we relate to him positively or negatively. Without you saying anything, can you truly, excitedly say that God is good when all hell has broken loose on you in 2022? Can you say emphatically with joy, tears coming out, with every ounce of it being, God is good, when he did not answer my prayer in 2022? The problem with Christians is we attribute his goodness by what he gives us or doesn't give us. And 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 I have learned that I fell into that trap. I'm going to be transparent. I fell into the trap that, God wasn't answering my prayers. Why did he allow this to happen? Maybe there's something, maybe what I believed in him is not true. All those were voices from the enemy. And so when I'm starting to study this, I heard the Holy Spirit say, uh, It's for you. You need to study the goodness of God, or else you're not going to go farther. Here's a little clue you're going to be very frustrated in the Christian life if you don't get this revelation. You're going to be cranky. You're going to always look at God, you're going to always look at the Lord. Through filters of give me, give me, give me. You know, it's like, it's, like, it's like God is not like Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately, you know? It's not that those are old school people. You, some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about, right? We treat the goodness of God as you haven't done anything good to me lately. Look at A.W. Tozer. Who knows who, who A.W. Tozer is? Look at this quote. This is a, one of the most powerful quotes that I've ever read. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into your mind right now when you think about God? Do you think about God as a person with a belt on him? Do you know, do you view God as a person that's always watching you saying, you've messed up again. There you go. There's that little hypocrite. Don't even come to church. Is that how you view God? Now, now zoom in at me. Here's going to be something that's really important. I'm going to do a series on family this year, early this year, because I believe in family restoration is going to happen. In this. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. But with that said, other than the Scriptures, please hear me now. This is going to be really good. Other than the the Scriptures, that's the only way we derive the character of the Father. That's the only way through Scripture. The next way that we view the Father and God, the Lord, is through our experience with our mother and father. Listen to me. If you had a negative experience, I'm talking to adults, too. I'm not talking to little kids. If you had an experience, a negative experience, if you had a performance-driven father, a performance-driven mother, I guarantee you that a big portion of you growing up in the Christian faith is looking at God by trying to prove to God that he loves you more by doing more things. The first family on the earth was was supposed to be a representation of the father. Now watch this. If you had a good experience with the father and mother growing up, you will view God with good filters, good filters. If you had a very negative, harsh, hurtful uh, upbringing, your natural default to view God, even though you don't know it, may be always a default of He's, I, try, I try to get right. I need to get right. I need to get right. No, I need to prove it to him. I need to prove it. You may never say that out of your mouth, but you may be striving so hard to please him, and you have a skewed view of God, and realize, oh, here it is. Here it is. That his goodness is not something that he runs out of. His goodness is not determined by what he doesn't do or does. He is every being about him, every purity about him is good. When he made the creation, he said it was good. And our initial experience growing up in our families, here's a slide, and the experience we've had with our father and mother greatly influences how we see and relate to God. Can someone say amen to that? Now, I know that there's been regeneration. I know there's been growth. But if you, if you make yourself an honest evaluation of your life, maybe for the first couple of years of your Christian walk, or even now, you view God to a degree, not holistically. you view Him maybe from an orphan mentality. Or you view Him as a taskmaster, or you view Him can okay, I'll just be honest as a genie lamp. <laughs> if you give me what I want, there you see he's good. When do Christians say that he is good, when he gives us stuff? God has been good. Why? When's the last time you say, man, God is good. Why? Well, because, you know, th- I went to the bank and there was like a thousand dollars in there. Okay, that's good. Right? Or he healed me. I'm going somewhere with this. What if you say, God is good. I was driving the other day and I looked up and I said, God, you are good. You're good to me. Let me tell you, my mind was like, do you see what's happening? Is that happening? I'm like, shut up, devil. You know. Seriously. I, I want you to know that when God says to taste him, what is the result of that tasting? Come on, Psalm 34. Taste and see. Come on. He didn't say taste and see that the Lord is powerful. He didn't say taste and see that the Lord is mighty and he's all that. He said if you taste, there's one thing that's going to come out of your spiritual taste. But when you taste me, the first thing that you recognize is my goodness. Glory to God. You're going to taste my goodness. When I, he, he, here's the thing. The goodness of God led me to repentance. Here's a couple of quick scriptures. I'm going to uh, pop it off real quick uh, scripturally on the goodness of God. Psalm 86, and then we're going to uh, share a video that's really going to touch you, okay? Psalm 86, verse 5. Follow me on the screen. For you, Lord, are, come on, say it, good. And you're ready to forgive and, and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Listen, God, God's goodness makes him ready and willing to forgive right now. Here's the goodness of God for you, to some of you, is that he is willing to forgive you immediately. Listen, notice that I didn't say he's giving you anything. The goodness of God has demonstrated and we miss it because we're waiting for things. But how about the fact that he's willing before you even do it to forgive? He said he's good and ready You know what? Ready to forgive is like, I know he's going to mess up, but I'm ready to forgive. That's good. That's a good God. Glory to God. Psalm 31, real quick, verse 19 through 20. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up. Listen to this. This got me. For those who fear you. Now, listen, I missed this part. Which you have prepared. What has he prepared, church? His goodness. His goodness. You have prepared your goodness for those who trusts in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man, and you shall keep them uh, secretly from the pavilion of strife of tongues. Here's what the Lord shed, said for me. He said, I want to demonstrate my goodness to people that listen, listen, watch this. I want to read it again. Who trust me in the presence of people while they're going through things. Oh man, that made me shout. I'm gonna demonstrate my goodness. To people who trust me while people are watching them. So people are watching you when you're struggling. And he's going he's gonna to demonstrate his goodness to you if you keep trusting him in the presence of people. And sometimes that could be translated, amen, amen, amen. Now watch this. Sometimes that word sense of men in some other places could be, could be other things. Right? Like demonic principalities. Right? How about if you trust the Lord, in the presence of demonic activity in your life? How about if, if without me getting like super, super, you know, weird, right? What if in the presence of demons you stay remaining trusting God and God goes, I'm going to demonstrate my goodness to them because that person in the midst of demons giving them hell or saying, you know what I said to the, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I said, I'm not kidding, I was in my backyard like three days ago and I'm in pain and I heard, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I heard the enemy, just whisper these lies, right? And I just stayed silent. I kid you not, lies, lies, lies. And I'm in, uh, I'm in pain. I need, you know what I said out loud? I will never serve you, devil. Out loud, I said, devil, I will never serve you. Sometimes you just gotta get say, get behind me, devil. Not just in your thought, out loud. You, you, Jesus didn't rebuke the devil in his silence. He rebuked the devil out loud. He said, get behind me, devil. People must have thought I'm crazy because I was silent for about 30 seconds. And I said, I will never serve you, devil. If there were neighbors, they're like, where is that coming from? It was because there was a battle going on in my mind. And he's trying to get, if you just bow down to me, I'll give you all that. I'll give you the pain free. If you just go to a shaman you want me to be really deep with you? I can. The devil was like, there's this opportunity; you could go, and they'll do some stuff to you." And, and I go, "I will never serve you. I will never bow down. I will never open up my body to that." The devil's offering me some easy escape. Why? Why can I say that? Because I am convinced God is good, and I'm convinced that He's not throwing this on me just so that He could, so he, I could suffer a little bit. Glory to God. Now watch this, guys. Watch this next scripture. Are you getting something? I'm trying to infuse that no matter what you're going through, he is good. And what the devil always, hear me now, the number one goal of the enemy is to whisper to you that God is not good. There's two main things that the devil will whisper to you. He will whisper to you, did God say? And he'll say, He's not good. Look at your condition. And he'll start naming everything that you're going through that is actually real. It's not false. Everything that you're going through and then get you to question God. Listen, God's goodness. If the devil could get you to doubt God's goodness, you won't approach him in prayer. You won't approach him in worship because you're going to pout. How many have seen a, a child when they don't get what they want? They pout, and as adults, we pout when we don't get what we want. And all these things are happening around us. And how dare us? How dare you say God is good? Because God's goodness is not what happened to you yesterday. God's goodness is not what happened. Because there is, guys, newsflash: there's a real devil. There's a real enemy. Stop Stop taking blame for the something that the devil actually has. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we will get wounds. Sometimes we will get cut. But we're in a fight. Paul the Apostle says, I fought the good fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a struggle. But when you know God's goodness and you have the Spirit of God in you, nothing will be able to stop you. When you know that the Father is for you, Psalm 31 verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness. Oh, sorry. I said that already. Psalm 33 verse 5. Look at this. Look at Psalm 33 verse 5. Oh, I never saw this in my life. Watch this. The love he loves righteousness and justice. Now, look now look at this. The whole earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. What? I've heard of scriptures like the whole earth is full of his glory. I've heard of scriptures uh, like that say, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth to see whose heart is so loyal. But this scripture says, the whole earth is full of his goodness. That means there's no place you and I could go on this earth that we can't see the goodness of God. That's what he says. Because you know why? What's an example, Pastor George? He planted trees everywhere so we could breathe. (laughs) He gave the earth to us so that we could be able to cooperate. You know what part of his goodness is? Is that we don't, that he's made, think about, this is so so simple. He's made our organs to function automatically without us telling it to uh, to do. Could you imagine? So right now, while you're listening to me, your heart is pumping automatically. Your lungs are breathing automatically. You're you're not going to say, you're not saying, breathe, 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 pump, breathe, 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 pump, pump. Pump, breathe. Could you imagine you having to say that to your organs? Oh, oh, good. And your heart's like, oh, thank God you said it because no. Right now, it's repairing itself, it's healing itself. When you cut yourself, that's the goodness of God. We, we you woke up today, even though you're tired and you drove and you were able to walk, that's the goodness of the Lord. Mmm. Remember when I said there's a unique quality? Look at that description. Then I'm going I'm to show you a video. This is good stuff. There's a unique quality of the goodness of God that makes people want to repent from their sins and turn wholeheartedly from God. Look at Romans. Uh, two gods, sorry. R- look at Romans chapter 2. Read it with me out loud. Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of what? Now, now I want you to see there's three things he described, but then he, then he summarized it with one. Or you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that, watch this now, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Guys, it's his, it's his knowledge that he is merciful that brings us to our knees in repentance when we know we did something wrong. You know in the Beatitudes where it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be merciful, merc- for they shall obtain mercy. Right before that is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right? For they shall be filled. Listen to this revelation. If God were only righteous and not good and not merciful, it would be impossible for humans to approach. If he was holy, holy, only holy and not good and merciful, it would be impossible to, for us to come boldly to the throne. But be, listen, li- li- look at it. I don't think that's coincidence. Righteousness and mercy, they're all together because mercy is the per- and goodness is the perfect balance for his holiness. Because he's good, we could go like this through the spiritual doors. Hey, Dad, Lord, I got some issues I need to talk to you about. Lord, right now, my son or my daughter or my finances, I'm asking for a breakthrough. Lord, let me teach me how to get close to you. What am I? We could do that. Here's the good news: because of his goodness and his blood, we could talk to the Lord in a real way. We don't have to talk to him in King James language. We don't have to talk to him in a in a superficial fake way. Years ago, I was angry, and I, and I knew the Lord doesn't like that. And so I was just, everything, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And finally said, Lord, I'm angry. And the Lord says, I've been waiting for you to say it that way to me. It's like God doesn't know that I'm angry. But, you know, like, no, I can't say anything. You no, know, nope, no, I'm not angry. No, nope, no. Nope. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's not the sermon today, but admit things for the Lord. <laughs> this is a so little funny. Look at this next point, how we approach the Lord in prayer and worship can be affected by your revelation of his goodness. I want you to see Matthew 7 with me. Then we're going to show a video that's going to really be touching, that really touched me. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. And I want you to, before you, I know you've read this before, I want you to read it with new eyes. I want you to read it through the fuel and the lens of his goodness. Not by what he gives you and the blessings and the breakthrough he gives you. But watch what he says about his nature. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Do you realize that if you compare just the scripture with every other God, false God that's out there, we don't have, they don't have the privilege to ask and receive. They don't have, it's, you do, you obey, you, you just have to live right, and maybe you promise uh, heaven. right? Ask, you will re- receive. Seek, you will find. Knock. The door will be open to you. Look at this. Look at this. this is a good. This is a good God that we serve. What man is there among you if he asks his son for look at how he look at how he compares this right for bread that that man will give him a stone. Can you imagine, Father's Dad, I'm hungry. Here's this rock for you, son. Put some ketchup on it and try to eat that. That's that's what you're gonna have. That's what are gonna have for breakfast. But but I'm hungry. Figure it out. All right. Or if he asks for a fish, will that dad or father give him a serpent? Now listen to this closely. Jesus said, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Glory to God. It will take us an eternity just to touch the subject of his goodness. And one of the aspects of the Heavenly Father that Jesus came to reveal... Is the goodness of God. Do you know that the Holy that's that's a point up there? One of the aspects that Jesus came to reveal of the Father, one of the big aspects is, is the goodness of God, of the Father. Because at that point they had not seen God in the flesh. But watch this, everything that Jesus did was fueled by his goodness and was good. Listen, so I'm gonna say this to, to you. Everything because God is good, his works are good. His works are good. That means even when we don't understand his works, they're still good and they have a purpose. Can I I hear an amen? Amen. Now, here's where I'm going to get final. uh, Here's where I'm going to share some uh, revelation to you. The nature of Jesus is good. Therefore, everything he does is good. Now, because the Lord is good, everything he does or doesn't do is good even when we don't see it or agree with it. I'm going to read a scripture that I read for a long time. And when I was on vacation, I saw something like it just illuminated out, out of the scripture. And it so touched me because it was like, have you ever read a scripture and you said, that's me? Like, you know, like, like not just figuratively, like, like that's literally me right now. This verse. Right. Some you you of you read John the Baptist and you're like, that's me. Or you read Jeremiah and you're like, that's me. Or you read Isaiah. Oh, that's me. That's the type of person I am. Or Elijah. I read this and something popped out, very popular scripture, but I want you to hear this for the first time. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 and 38. Now, the nature of God is good. That means his works are good, even though we don't understand it, okay? Watch this. The word which God sent to the children of Israel. I'm almost done. Watch this. Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Very popular scripture. I want you to hear this, though. He is Lord of all, that word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Watch this. Who went around about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, I can't tell you, like, I probably read that a thousand times. But I read it again in this past week when I was in Jacksonville and something popped out. I want to read that last verse again. God went around. He anointed Jesus who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Watch this next slide. If we're not careful, we can relegate God's goodness to mainly physical and emotional healing. But there's so much more to his goodness and the works of God. Hear me. If we're not careful, our big part of our definition of God's goodness is when we receive healing emotionally, healing physically, or healing in some sort of way. That's the danger that we relegate to. But watch this revelation. The Bible says he went around doing good. Everybody say doing good. Uh, Watch this. And, and healing all those who are oppressed by the devil. I looked at the word and, and that word and means in addition to. So that means he did, a, he did good works and he healed people. So it was an addition of his good works. And his good works are not uh, just healing and not just physical healing and emotional healing. Jesus went around doing good, and here's, I want to ha- you to have that uh, video ready, uh, media team that I sent you guys. God healing us is a portion of his goodness, but there are many other ways. I, I looked up the word um, good in that John scripture, and I, I don't have time to share it with you, but the Greek word is like literally like 20 words. Not one thing has to do with his abilities. It said handsome. It did. It said morally Pure it 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 says it, it says um um good character nature and it's uh i had it written down but i just went all over the place <laughs> to be honest with you um but uh my point is there's there's this this um this fallacy that we have to get that god is good only when he heals but he said he went around doing good and addition he healed now I'm gonna have you look at this video. It's about five minutes long. And then we're gonna have the worship team come up. And before I I just want to cue this video because I, I cry like a baby. So one of our one of our church congregation members who's not here this morning, they sent me this video. And it's about the chosen. Have you guys seen the chosen series? And there's a there's a scripture, sorry, there's a a scene where Jesus is talking to James. And guys, I can't tell you how much I cried on this, because if any, anything was me, it was this clip. Like, I, I can't tell you the private conversations we've had, and it's James, and we're going to see it, and it's James looking at Jesus saying, why are you going to use me to heal people when I have this condition? <laughs> you don't understand. That's what I've said. To, I'm like, I'm laying hands on people. They're getting healed. I'm like, Lord, what about me? I look, And the enemies, oh, <laughs> And I keep laying hands on people every Tuesday. We pray for the sick every Tuesday. And somebody randomly send this to me. The reason I'm going to show you this is because even when he doesn't do something, his goodness is revealed. I I want you to see this so that you could get the right understanding and make adjustments in your life so that you won't base your relationship with God based on what he gives you or what he doesn't give you. Look at this clip and then we're going to pray. that that is what you said
0: yes so you're telling me that i have the ability to heal
1: (laughs) forgive me i just find that difficult to imagine
0: with my condition which you haven't healed do you want to be healed Uh, Of course, if if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. (laughs) Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point, And will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes. That you do miracles. And that's a good story. ...but there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters, so much more than the body to show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many.
1: But the others, there's so much more.
0: So much more what?
1: I don't know stronger,
0: better at this? James, I love you, but I don't want to hear that ever again.
1: I know how easy it is to say the Song of David that I fearfully and wonderfully made, but it doesn't make this any easier.
0: And in this group... It doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden. A burden? First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with Simon's temper. Trust me. Are you fast? Do you look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things father doesn't care about (laughs) you are going to do more for me than most people ever dream so many people need healing in order to believe in me or they need healing because their hearts are so sick that doesn't apply to you and many are healed or not healed because the father in heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery We remember what Job said. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be be the name of of the Lord. When you pass from this earth, and you meet your Father in heaven, where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer, your reward will be great. down a little longer and when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness and when you do great things in my name in spite of this the impact will last for generations do you understand healing others. (laughs) Oh, what a sight. I can't wait to hear your stories when you return. Shalom, my son. Shalom. And James. Remember. You will be healed. It's only a matter of
1: Jesus. Amen. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed. But in my case, and in James' case, how can a man like me pray for healing and not be healed? It's because of what you saw is that there's other things that the Lord is trusting you with. And for some reason, in His goodness, He's withholding that from you. But only in His goodness do we understand that there's a greater purpose. Someone like you, someone like me, that's been begging for healing and it doesn't come. And you saw in that clip, there's other things that God trusts you and I. That he may not trust one another. Because remember what I wrote, what I read a couple verses ago? That if we demonstrate trust in the presence of the sons of men, he releases his goodness. Sometimes the Lord is putting you on display because he trusts you. Glory to God. I want you to see this. I'm going to close it. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Because that clip may have ministered to you in many ways. You may be asking of something. Or you may say, I'm so disqualified. How can you use me? How can you use someone like me? I want this now, Lord. I want healing now. How can I pray for the sick and they get healed and I don't? Is because there's something in his goodness that he's going to try to reveal to you that he's still good. Listen that he has. He's going to use you like never before. The Lord's goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend, but not beyond our ability to experience. That's a cue back there, guys. You can put that on there. Follow along. Thank you. The Lord's goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend, but not beyond our ability to to experience, and lastly, I will say this. Enrique didn't know this, but this is one of the, the last verses that I'm going to share to wrap up this message. The hope here's the slide of the goodness of God in our life. Everybody, say the hope of His goodness in our lives prevents us from slipping into hopelessness, despair, and anxiety. Psalm 27. Are you ready to shout? Psalm 27, he says, yes. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I shall be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. But if you keep reading a couple of verses later in that same psalm, the hope that David would one day see the goodness of God drove him away from the propensity of anxiety and despair the bible says in psalm 27 verse 13 and 14 listen to this some of you need to hear this because you're on your last string you're on your last rope i would have lost heart i would have gone crazy unless watch this i had believed that i would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living oh God church do you realize he actually believed that before he saw it before he experienced it he said I would have gone crazy I don't feel the goodness of God right now but I know it's coming because he doesn't have goodness he doesn't have a measure of goodness he is good I would have been despair I would have been weak I would have been crazy watch this I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord, hallelujah, in the land of the living. This year, I want to make a challenge to believe that the goodness of God is coming to your life and in this land, that the goodness of God is coming to your family. I would have lost heart if I had not believed that even though my job is bad, even though my friends are worrying me, even though my family's talking about me, I would have gone crazy unless I knew the goodness of the Lord is still for me. He's not against me. And I will see. Come on, say that with me. I will see the goodness of God. Come on. In the land of the living. Come on. I will see the goodness of God. Come on, in my life. I will see the goodness of God in my family. I will see the goodness of God in my children. I will see. Come on. I would have lost heart. I would have gone crazy. I would have suffered from anxiety. I would have gone in despair, I would have gone crazy, but I know one thing the goodness of God is here because he's not forsaken me, and in 2023 we will defeat and annihilate anxiety with this one uh, revelation that the goodness of God is coming to me, the goodness of God, I believe, listen it takes faith though, it takes faith everyone stand up, everyone stand up it takes faith It's already there. You just have to grab it by faith. Come on, say, I believe in the goodness of God. I believe that even through my struggle, even though he hasn't answered some of my prayers, I believe, come on, that there's a purpose that God is trying to work out in me. Come on, because he trusts me, because he wants to use me. And I believe, come on, say, I believe that I will see, come on, The goodness of God in my life and in my family. Look up at me real quick and lift up your hands. David said that he received this strength. By believing in the goodness before he saw the goodness. Today, in this altar call, in this moment of time, I'm gonna declare to you that even if you don't see the goodness of God, I want you to grab it by faith today. Even if you don't feel like it, even if a hundred thoughts are negative and only one thought is positive, David said, I would have lost heart, listen, unless I believe, everybody say, believe, that the goodness of God, the goodness of the Lord, Come on, we'll be in the land of the living. How many right now believe in the goodness of God? If you're going to receive it, you have to believe it by faith. Come on, I believe God is good. I believe God is good. I believe he's good to me. I believe goodness is coming to my family. Come on, I believe goodness is coming to my ministry. I believe goodness of God. He's not mean right now. He's not trying to get me. He's not trying to chastise me only. He is good.
0: Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit RemnantChristianCenter.com.